how about if we give her a good old-fashioned sorority prank? Hello and welcome back to Scream 101 Podcast, a place where a horror nerd forces his less-than-willing friends to watch really terrible and sometimes awesome horror movies with him. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Shalakian. And if you guessed that our new episode will be based on the 1983 slasher The House on Sorority Row, you were right! Congratulations! I was very excited about watching this movie because it is actually the original of one of my favorite movies, Sorority Row. Um, and I got that because a friend gave it to me for free at the end of her garage sale, and I didn't watch it until I met Brennan a couple years later. It's actually a really great way to get movies. I get a lot of my movies for free and or for three bucks at Big Lots because everyone wants to pawn off their really crappy movies on me, and I want to watch them. So before we get on to our main discussion, I want to reinstitute our one of our new segments, which is the 10 Words or Less reviews. I watched two more movies this week, and I'd like to talk about them. So just real quick, let's blast through them. I watched I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, so here's my 10 words or less review. Forgettable cheesy island slasher, Jack Black should have died sooner. And I also watched Taken, surprisingly great action thriller, don't take Liam Neeson's things. All right, so Shannon, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I watched the documentary uh, movie for Pussy Riot, and I will just say, incredibly awesome, want to get up and burn some flags. <laughs> so. Nice. Confederate flags. Let's make that clear. Confederate flags. So moving on. All right. Well, that is the end of our introduction. I will read to you the back of the Elite Entertainment House and Sorority Row DVD. And we shall say that there are spoilers in our discussion. Welcome home to the sorority of your nightmares. Someone is watching and waiting. Someone who knows their secret. Someone saw them kill. And now it's their turn. From the 80s, the decade of the slasher flick, comes this classic thriller. So basically, that's all you need to know about the house on Sorority Row was that very descriptive DVD description. What really happened, and we're going to go a little further into it, is uh, it starts off where on June 19th, 1961, there was a woman who was giving birth and she was like screaming and crying and they said, get the doctor. It goes through this whole thing. She wakes up and she goes, where's my baby? And the doctor just says, we have bad news. And then it cuts to current day, uh, approximately 20 years later, and she is the house mother for Theta Pi Theta. Theta Pi is from the remake. Pi Theta. And she's just the very mean mother. And these, was it six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven girls want to stay. They're all seniors. Want to stay an extra couple days after the house is closed in order to throw a huge party. And that does not go well with the house mother. Yeah. So basically, the house mother wants the house to be closed because it's the anniversary of this traumatic birth. She likes the house to be closed on June 19th. And they want to hold their party, so they decide to hold a prank, but the prank accidentally ends up in them shooting their house mother because the, like, mean leader of this sorority group steals a gun from her boyfriend and doesn't realize that it's actually loaded. So they decide they're just going to leave Mrs. Slater's body in the pool, hold their party, and then deal with it in the morning. So basically, over the course of this party, they're being killed one by one, 
with Mrs. Slater's sharp cane that has a bird on the end of it. They don't know who's doing it. Is it Mrs. Slater? Is she not really dead? Is it somebody else who saw them kill it? We don't know until the very end. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I was watching this movie. I was actually really excited. It was a really great movie. I, I wish that we could say bad things about it. Um, but I personally, and I'm sure that there were, there were some things, but I personally really enjoyed it. Should we move on to our uh, rating system? We absolutely should move on to our rating system. Great. Okay, so just a reminder for you folks at home, uh, we rate on four different scores. Scariness, campiness, gore, and quality. And it's on a one to five scale. One being the lowest, five being the highest. So let's start with our first one. For scariness, I would rate it two out of five screams. Because, like I said, slasher films aren't super scary, but there are some great scenes of tension in this film. What would you rate it? Yeah, I rated it three out of five. I thought that it was very classic. It was, um, you know, it had that like Halloween, the original three, like that sort of sense to it where it was, it had really good pacing. I wasn't, you know, sitting there angry at any sort of character. And I think that it, it deserves the three out of five. Yeah, and there's actually some really creepy stuff about the lost child theme. Like, there's a lot of really interesting stuff with this creepy jack-in-the-box that has, like, a clown head on it that's really gross and old and faded away. And there's this music box theme that keeps recurring. And it's actually got some really great atmosphere. I was never really scared by it because it's kind of a retro, more cheesy film than anything, but it has some very admirable tension for a slasher movie. So campiness, what did you what did you rate on campiness? I would rate it a uh, three out of five perms for campiness. How about you? Same, three out of five perms. So what would you have to say about it? Essentially, you know, it is 80s. Some of their, their outfits, especially for the, the ball or their party, were phenomenal. And I, w- I wanted to give a full campiness score just for the, the band itself. Can you say something oh about God. them? I was absolutely going to say something about the band. They were basically what earned the score for me. The band that plays at the party is a band called Four Out of Five Doctors. They also contributed songs to the 1980 slasher film The Boogeyman, which is about a mirror that kills people. (laughs) But they're one of my favorite bands that has ever existed in any movie. They're super cheesy, but also secretly kind of good. They're kind of like Oingo Boingo mixed with this new wave, classic Buggles video rock. Super weird... I honestly can't describe them. They're super ahead of their time, but also really buried in the 80s. Their hair is this crazy mullet, bleached, perm, disgusting, terrifying monstrosity. And I secretly love them, and I have their entire album, and they're the best. Oh yeah, we listen to it in the car all the time. And for a while, I hadn't seen this movie, and so it was like an inside joke between my other roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, I've showed I've showed everybody I know this movie. I love this movie so much. It's it's great. I was pleasantly surprised. All right, gore. What did you rate gore? Gore is actually a really tough one on this movie. I would rate it between two and three severed limbs. I would rate it three out of five severed limbs. Okay. Uh, for a couple reasons. I think it did some really good effects. The blood was too red, but the blood's always too red. Um, the blood was too red, but they had some really great scenes, especially with Jeannie's head, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later, but that really made it for me was um, going into a bathroom stall. The main character, Katie, is in the same bathroom stall that we see another character, Jeannie, get killed in earlier. And she ends up turning around and looking at the toilet seat, and her friend's head, just decapitated head, is in the toilet. That is that is basically the strength of the movie. That is a really great sequence. Yeah, that was great. And in another part later, which which I'm going to talk about for best kill. Okay, yeah. Um, basically, a lot of the kills are off screen. Um, one of them is really great in the silhouette when someone gets stabbed in the face with the stock of the cane. 
it kind of takes a while to ease into the gore. But once it really gets going, there's a lot of really nice, like, kind of gloopy red stuff going on. And there's one scene in the beginning that was totally added just to get a gore shot in the beginning. I know for a fact it was shot in the director's backyard. But it's this random character. Just wanders out by the pool, and he's like, Hey, Bobby! Look at these! There's jumping squirrels around here! And then he gets stabbed in the neck with a cane, and you have no idea who he is. He's totally a random person who was never in the movie before or after, and he exists only to die. And I think that's hilarious, because they just needed to up the gore count before that point in the movie. Yeah, but I also think that like adding that character kind of adds the sense of like this this person or this thing that's killing is just evil. There uh-huh. isn't actually like a a pattern, you know. He's just straight up killing everyone. That's but true. I think that was completely on a, by a mistake and just wanted to kill an additional person. I would add that to the campiness factor, actually. Yeah, I agree. But the gore is pretty decent when it shows up. And last but not least, quality. So what, what did you rate on quality for this film? I would rate this film four out of five unlucky stars. It's one of my favorite slasher films of the entire decade. What about you? Me too, four out of five. I was so, so excited to finally see this movie and know that it was good. And there were some parts of it that just got me really excited. Mm-hmm. And it was a nice difference from some of the other films ah. that we had been watching so far. Mad but this Man. is Madman, Babadook. But this was just no, very... Okay, to be clear, Babadook is great. It's just very stressful. Okay. Anyway, this one was fun and I really enjoyed it. And it's the, the sort of classic slasher that I got on, on board this ride for. Yeah, and... The House in Sorority Row actually does have some really great filmmaking behind it, too. Like, the score by Richard Band is actually, like, really lush and kind of pastoral. Like, it's got some really interesting, beautiful moments to it. And they've got some really nice shots. Like, there's a shot in the party where all the girls are trying to pretend that they're having a good time, but it's just panning through the entire party and focusing on each girl one by one as they're, like, looking guilty and trying to put on this facade and looking at each other too yeah kind of like it's a beautiful um panning shot and then there's this editing sequence at the end where okay i'm going to tell you the ending this is the big spoilers sequence it turns out that in the beginning um mrs slater did have a son his name is eric and he came out super mutated and messed up because she really wanted a baby so a doctor tried this experimental hormone procedure that basically gave her a mutant killer baby and now he's older and he had a psychotic break when he saw his mother get shot. So that's why he's killing these girls. And so he's dressed as a jester and murdering everybody with his mother's cane. And so he's taking on Kate, who has been sedated by the doctor to use as bait to try to capture Eric. It's, it's a whole thing. Anyway, so she takes the head off of a doll. And there's this big sharp thing inside the doll, which is a hazard, but I guess they just didn't have as strict standards in the 80s for this kind of thing. Yeah, that's how dolls were made. They really? Had, they had that, yeah. It was oh. a spike. They should, uh, they should look up on that. I know. They should have stricter things going on. Um, anyway, so she's stabbing up at him with this doll spike, and just the cane is flying, and the doll head is flying, and it's this like, really experimental art house editing thing, and it's just this beautiful scene like there's some great filmmaking going on in this movie yeah and you see three of the girls who are dead you see them um in the pool and their eyes are open and they're just you know sitting there there's a lot of um when she's drugged she has there's a lot of weird things where it goes through all of the girls that have been killed and they open their eyes even though they're you know gored already so there's just really great great parts of this film yeah whacked out trippy drug sequences yeah which we're all for all righty moving on along 
Yeah, it's time for my favorite segment, Champion Dialogue. Woo woo. Shannon, would you like to introduce yours? Certainly. So a, a big part of the film was was featuring this pool because they had put Miss Slater in it, and they were worried that if they turned the pool lights on, they were going to see the dead body at the bottom of the pool, and then all havoc was going to break loose. But come to find out, these three very fratty guys, classic fratty guys, decided to go jump in the pool. And they're tidy whities And they're tidy whities Also, this pool is gross. It is solidly green, like super gross. There's stuff floating in it. You can see one of the the, the head head evil girl. She's like throwing chicken wings in it at one scene. It, it's really gross, but uh, yeah, these... it's full of just like algae and KFC. It's disgusting. Yeah, and and the three fratty guys decide to like go in, but they push the largest guy, this this uh, fat frat, in there, <laughs> and he says, "I'm a sea pig," and then he says it again when they when all the girls see that the pool lights are on, they rush out there. And come to find out it's only him in the pool. And he goes, I'm a sea pig. I'm a sea pig. And yeah, I just, it's just, it's just a really funny sequence because they're really stressed out that they're going to find this body. And so he has no idea what's going on. There's no body in the pool and they're realizing this and he's just watching them run up to him in fear and then suddenly relax. And he's just like, uh, hello, what's going on? It's pretty funny. Yeah. So what was your favorite line? Okay, my favorite line isn't so much the line as it is the line reading. So I'm just going to play it in for you. I will also play the line that comes before it just for a little context, and I will let you just bask in the glory that is this line. So here you go. It's a good thing she didn't. We would have never known Mrs. Slater it's still alive. How do we know she is alive? Wow, that is, that is something else, certainly. How do we know... She is alive. So that character was supposed to be drunk 24-7. I'm, well, I don't think she was, I don't think we can credit her as acting that line. <laughs> because she was also supposed to be acting in the beginning. Okay, there's a scene in the beginning where they're taking a group photo, and she's supposed to be smiling for the group photo, but she's just kind of like wavering and just kind of like blinking a lot. She just can't act. This is her only acting credit, is this movie. And I love her so much. That character is named Morgan. And she just kind of wafts through every room that she's in. And she just kind of exists. And just kind of her lines come out of her entirely by accident. They just kind of cooperate with one another. They don't so much. She's not giving a performance so much as channeling words from some other dimension. And I love her so much. Yeah, she's the hot drunk one. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. So... Who is your favorite character? Well, I think it's obvious. My favorite character is Morgan for the reasons I just described. She's a drunk mess and she can't act. And I'm sorry. Like, I, I, and I say that in the best way possible. Like That kind of thing is what makes watching these movies so fun. The House on Sorority Row is in a lot of places a great movie, but Jodie Dreggy's performance is part of what makes it such a campy, fun time and what makes it such an enjoyably bizarre experience to watch also so my favorite character before i go into my favorite character we should discuss how hard it is to keep track of the characters because there are a lot of main characters there are we already counted before what seven main girls plus a couple um, a a gag of men on the side and and the doctor and etc and so throughout this movie I, i had to physically write down people's names in order to figure out who was who and initially my favorite character was this girl named diane on the sole purpose that she was wearing a CBGB shirt and getting drunk. That was great. <laughs> Not something that I would expect a sorority girl to be wearing. But then I changed it because as the movie went, went on, Diane was 
just a limp piece of lettuce. And um, the real hero was this girl, Jeannie, who was the classic, kind of like more innocent one. Like she was, she was most affected by the death and by the, the killing of Mrs. Slater. But then when she's starting to be attacked, she has this great just series of things where she grabs a knife and runs down the hallway and is running through the house and is the most resilient. And as we know, I do love a resilient good girl. So um, she, she was my she favorite. She is very similar to uh, Ellie in Mad Men, who yeah. is Shannon's other favorite character. Yeah. And also, I, I'm just going to say this really quick, but both my both my favorite characters, Diane and Jeannie, also happen to be the names of my grandmothers, like <laughs> Diane and Jeannie. Is, I don't know. It was weird. But, uh, but yeah, so Jeannie was my fave. That's a good one. So what was your favorite scene? So part of my favorite scene was Jeannie being a boss, you know, running through with that knife and trying to defend herself because no one else was doing that. Everyone was very, like, lackadaisical, like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Like, let's just party. Also, she um, was powering through because she was pretty wasted. Because she was. She was at a sorority party. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite parts of that chase scene also is when Jeannie's hiding in the bathroom stall, the killer's turning on all the shower heads and filling the room with steam, and it's this really tense sequence, and they're kicking open all the stalls as they get down to hers, and it's just one of the genuinely scariest moments of the movie, because you're because Jeannie's put up a good fight so far. You want her to live. You're like, she's really sweet. You're like, please, please do this. You have a knife. She She's so drunk, and you're like, please hold it together. Please you can do this. I want you to survive so much. Yeah. She didn't. But she got to get her head in the toilet, and who doesn't want that? Oh, God. It's like, like middle school all over again. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like, if you gotta go, that's that's the way to do it. <laughs> if you gotta go. Oh, God. <laughs> Nature calls. Okay, well, my favorite scene is Katie's drug trip. Because the evil Dr. Beck, who is in basically the one responsible for making Eric the evil, crazy mutant being that he is lightly sedates Katie and just plops her in this comfy armchair and waits for Eric to come using her as bait so he can, like, I guess, tranquilize him or something. And Katie's just staring out at this patio, and she starts just hallucinating like crazy, just seeing all of the corpses of her dead friends just, like, dancing around, and um, Mrs. Slater's cane spinning, and, it, and she's like, how are you, Katie? And just everything's flashing around. And it's actually a really simple editing trick, but it's really pretty and I like it a lot. And that's my favorite scene. Yeah, and part of that sequence is when that what I was talking about earlier when you go to each of those girls who are already died and their eyes open. Yeah. Including Jeannie's head from the toilet. Yes. Which was so cool. Uh, great. Awesome. And it's time to move on to everybody's favorite time, the Splatter Dome. Splatter. And now, a moment of silence for those who have departed us. Mrs. Slater is shot. Bobby's friend is stabbed in the throat so he can no longer talk about the jumping squirrels. Stevie is stabbed in the face. Morgan is impaled so we no longer know if she is alive. Diane is hacked to death. Jeannie's head is put in the head, which is the toilet. <laughs> oh my god. It's slang. <laughs> Liz has her throat slit. Vicky is hacked to death. Dr. Beck is, is hacked in the chest. Hold on. Shannon can't read my handwriting. Dr. Beck is hacked in the chest. Oh, that was a tough one. All right, Shannon, which was your favorite kill? My favorite kill 
even though I love when Jeannie was killed, you don't actually see the glory that is her kill. Uh, I think my favorite kill, my favorite effect in the entire movie, is actually when another girl, Liz, who we haven't really talked about, I, I just put her down in my notes as Rizzo because she kind of looks like Rizzo. Yeah, she's just like a boring redhead. She doesn't really do anything besides yeah. have red hair. Yeah, she's got a square face and a haircut that I had a couple months ago. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so she is sitting in this van and the cane just comes out from behind her and slashes her throat but it doesn't slash her throat because it's not a knife it actually tears her throat open which i thought was the coolest one of the coolest throat slashing effects i had ever seen because you can actually see her her throat and all the skin rip it was great i loved it shannon's a gore hound guilty all right and my favorite kill we've beaten this one to death so to speak so I won't go too much into this, but it's Jeannie's head in the toilet. One of my favorite. It's a classic. So, Shannon, out of everyone, out of all of the nine deaths in this film, who would you resurrect? Oh, I would resurrect Jeannie. Obviously. Absolutely. She doesn't deserve it. She, she, and she's so resilient. Like It's true. She's so sweet. Yeah. And yourself? I would actually resurrect Mrs. Slater, because I think, like, she's kind of mean to the girls, but for a good reason. She just wants to spend the summer with her son... And, like, I feel really bad for Eric. He wouldn't be killing everyone if these people hadn't just shot his mother in cold blood. And I just want him to have a really nice time. I feel so bad for them. Yeah, I think everyone's a psycho. Yeah, it's true. So, okay, who that survived this movie, and there weren't a lot, who would you kill out of everybody? I would kill Peter. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I hate Peter. All right, who is Peter, for those who don't know? So, for those who don't know, Katie is, is... hooked up on this blind date by head evil girl Vicky. of the group Vicky which I mean Vicky is like the evil like an, a name you would give an evil girl right her eyebrows are pretty evil too yeah so she's like set up on this date after they all just killed their their uh, house mother and she kind of like Peter just like he's really nice but he also just can't get a clue because the whole date starts off where he enters her bedroom and she's crying and he's like oh are you okay? Can I get you something? Like, do you, like, you know, and then they go downstairs and she's trying to play it off and he goes, do you want a drink? She's like, no, maybe later. And he's like, well, I could use one. And he goes and gets a drink and then he just follows her around. And then when she tells him to leave, he still like stays outside the, the, um, the house and is just in his car. He's just a creeper and he was just super annoying and useless. Yeah. And then, and then when she's being used as bait to wait for Eric, uh, Peter just glumps, he comes glumping in from the patio, and the doctor shoots him in the neck with a tranquilizer dart. Oh. It's hilarious. Yeah, that, yeah. Basically, Peter's useless, and Shannon's hatred for him knows no bounds. Yeah, because I knew he was going to do the whole, like, oh, I'm the man come to save the day. Like, that's why he, like, stayed outside the house. I don't know. It was just really weird. Like, I, how do you have that much connection on a blind date? Like, if a blind date didn't go well, I would just be like, peace, like... This is what OkCupid's okay for. Yeah, she was clearly going through an emotional breakdown literally 100% of the time, and he was just doggedly tailing her. It was pretty annoying. Yeah. So he's dead to me. Okay. And the person that I would kill is Rick, who is Vicky's boyfriend. He's the one who gave her the gun, just without questioning it. She's clearly mentally disturbed. Like, she is insane. She brandishes the gun at all of her friends, and she's the worst, and she ends up shooting her housemother. And he's just like, all right, honey, let's go have sex on your waterbed. Which adds the campiness score, like, tenfold. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention the waterbed. We should have. We should have. It's all right. It's true. We're talking about it now. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, and then he just doesn't even die. He just kind of vanishes from the movie. Good. He deserves it. I think he should have died. 
Anyway, let's move on to the games, Shannon. What do you think? Oh, I'm down. All right. It's time for one of my favorite games. The Divination Game. All right. For those not in the know, the Divination Game is where I give Shannon the future careers of three actors in the movie, and she has to guess which ones they are. Shannon, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Actually, appropriately enough, the future careers kind of sort of match the characters in the movie, so I think it might help you a little bit. All right, great. Okay, so which um, actor in the movie would later become an owner and partner of Bass Lion Publishing and Music and a successful pianist, composer, and memoirist, author of Waltz of the Asparagus People? (laughs) That sounds hilarious. I want to read that. Um, I'm gonna say Diane. Uh, actually, no. It was uh, Robin Malloy Goldsby, who played Jeannie, your favorite character. Oh, yay. Who I really love, and Robin Malloy, you are the best. I listened to one of your piano compositions, and it's beautiful. Okay, Shannon, are you ready for the next round? You're on zero out of three so far. That's all right. Two more. Okay. This next actress, which doesn't really narrow it down, because they're all actresses. Or, well, everybody in the movie, pretty much. She starred in... 40 episodes of the soap opera Santa Barbara, 137 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, 341 episodes of Days of Our Lives, and 1,315 episodes of The Young and the Restless. Okay, well, I know it's not Morgan, because Morgan's only acting acting credit is House of Jordy Row. So I'm going to say Vicky. Correct. That was a good guess. All right. This one's really interesting, this next one. So you're on one out of two so far, so if you can get this next one, you can win the game. Are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. This next one is a man. I'm telling you that right now. He was an executive producer on Being John Malkovich and I Heart Huckabees. He was given special thanks in Fargo, and he was credited only as Big Cheese on The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to guess Bobby's friend. Actually, uh, there's Peter. Oh. Your least favorite character, who you want to murder. Peter. He was he worked on Priscilla Queen of the Desert as the big cheese, and I have no idea what that means. I don't know what capacity he worked on that, but I want to talk to him. That somehow makes me like him a little better. Okay, good. We forgive you, Peter. We really love Priscilla. What's our next game, Brennan? Alright, our next game is Boff Mary Kill. Are you ready, Shannon? So ready. Alright. Our first round is the female round. So would you boff, marry, kill Kate, the final girl, Vicky, the mean girl, or Morgan, my favorite character, the drunk girl? Okay, I would marry Katie because she is wonderful and, like, actually has a good head on her shoulders, unlike everyone else. <laughs> um, I would kill your favorite character, Morgan, Aww. just because... I don't know. I can't stand her. It's fine. And um, Vicky at least is interesting, so buff her. Okay. We'll see. Okay, fine. I would marry Vicky because I gotta get that waterbed. Gotta lock that down. <laughs> I would... I guess I'd buff Kate. No, 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 no. I'd buff Morgan because we'd have the night of our lives, and I'd kill Kate because I'd finish the job that Eric started because I sympathize with him. Although I like Kate. That's concerning. I, I'm going to keep a close eye on you. Okay, I'm so sorry. Okay, and the next round of Boff, Mary Kill is usually the men, but this is a very female-dominated movie, which is great. So the next round is also women. Are oh, you ready? Great. Yes! So Boff, Mary Kill, Jeannie, your favorite character, 
Diane, your second favorite character, CBGB lady, or Mrs. Slater, the house mother? Oh, kill Mrs. Slater. I, she she's so weird and she looks like Meg Tilly and just no she's so strange. Fine, whatever. Um, so kill her and then um, marry Jeannie and boff Diane because that both makes sense. Okay, fine. I'm gonna marry Mrs. Slater <laughs> because weird. she's very devoted and she already has Mrs. in her name although she's clearly not attached to anyone so it's her destiny to marry me and I will. Uh, buff Jeannie because she gives good head. Oh my god, no! And Brennan. I'll kill Diane. Why? I'm so sorry. Oh, that was so good, though. Thank you. Alright, moving on. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to our closing statements and our recommendations. So my recommendation, uh, my soul film, is actually Sorority Row. So this was the, the one modern adaptation of this film. Didn't have any sequels. Um, even though there was an open ending, which was interesting. Well, all slashers are like, ooh, the killer's still alive. It's like, I get it. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really love Sorority Row. I love it a little too much. Um, I made Brandon watch it with me a whole bunch of times, and, and it was, again, one of the only horror films that I actually own. But there's this great kill in it, which I won't tell you about, because you will recognize it when it happens. It's so true. So watch it. It actually won me a point in horror trivia one month. Did it really? It did. No way. All right. In my recommendation, I love sorority horror films. They're one of my favorite things in the entire world. Um, so I have a lot of recommendations, but I will only share one with you because we're going to cover a lot of these, so I'm going to save them up. But my recommendation for today is a 1984 movie called The Initiation. It's about a sorority initiation ritual that is about a whole bunch of people who get um, trapped in this department store for a prank. Basically... It's kind of like this teen soap opera, really goopy slasher, really strange, super 1984 fashions. It's crazy, and I love it, and it's got big glasses and big hair, and it's the best. All right, and there are a million ways you can contact us. We're only going, this time, only going to focus on one major way of contacting us. You can contact us uh, through our email at scream101podcast at gmail.com. Everything else, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, it's all pretty much Scream101podcast, except for Twitter is Scream101pod. And then we would really appreciate it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, because we are on there. And a lot of you who are listening probably found us on iTunes initially, so welcome to welcome to the, the Gorefest. Yay! And on to the clue for our next episode. Brennan, what is the clue? All right. Next week's episode... We will have a very special guest, and we'll be heading back down under for a flick that has already been featured on one of our top three lists, and I can promise you it is bloody good. Scream 101 Podcast is produced by Shannon Schlock and Brennan Klein. Today, is our sound sounds amazing, mostly because it is the first introduction of our good friend Lucas Cathy. He has been so kind to offer his services to us. We appreciate it so, Pro so boner. much. And he will be our sound engineer for future episodes. Unless he hates this, what we've done so far, because he's sitting there he very laughed at tired my head looking. Joke. <laughs> I think everyone's going to laugh at your head joke. Anyway, so thank you so much, and we will be giving you, proper Lucas. credit as we go on in these, in these episodes. So you'll be hearing a lot of him and hearing a lot of our better sound, thanks to him. So thank you so much. Thank you. We will be playing you out with Modern Man by Four Out of Five Doctors from the House on Sorority Row soundtrack.
拜拜。Bye